0: Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on.
1: Welcome to Talking Tourism. My name is Luke Martin, and I'm your host for this fortnight's episodes. And my day job is the CEO of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania, or TICT. Talking Tourism is an initiative of TICT, the peak industry body for tourism in the beautiful state of Tasmania. Today's episode is the latest in a series of special talking tourism episodes we've produced each fortnight since the COVID emergency began to keep Tasmanian tourism operators and industry stakeholders engaged and informed of the latest developments as we make our way through the crisis conditions and now, fortunately, in, onto our recovery. In this context, I do want to thank and acknowledge the Tasmanian Government for sponsoring these episodes, along with Caleb Miller from MAC40 Media for his excellent production. One sector of the visitor economy that has been particularly hit hard uh, by the COVID crisis and shutdown is the business events sector. And in that context, we thought it was a good time to check in with Marnie Craig, the CEO of Business Events Tasmania, on the outlook for that sector. G'day, Marnie.
0: Hey, Luke. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for joining me. Now, I'm conscious, I'm fully aware of and well and truly indoctrinated in all that is business events, but uh, a lot of our listeners, particularly those in regional parts of Tasmania, might not see a lot of direct activity from the business events market in their day-to-day business. So, the one hundred and one on what is the business events sector in Tassie and pre COVID and um, and obviously what what role does business events Tass play in it?
0: Yeah, sure. So the business market is made up of predominantly two types of business events. Um, there's those that are association conferences that are generally large and come to the more major centres. So, we see them coming into Hobart, Launceston and Devonport. And then there's the corporate incentive market. They're more likely to disperse around Tasmania um, and they're the highest yielding in the visitor economy, spending close to $900 a day. And that they tend to be corporate um, organisations who are bringing groups of employees um, on either incentive or reward trips.
1: So they are literally small groups flying down for the ultimate Tassie getaway experience and often look for those off the beaten track experiences that so then perhaps not as obvious to people as the uh, the big conferences walking around the Hobart waterfront.
0: Absolutely. So the corporate market certainly growing for us and it's our biggest growth um, area within business events for Tasmania. As we see more brand hotels come online, um, we are seeing more interest coming into the marketplace and also opening up occupancy for the groups to come in. Um, we we get. Groups of 20 to 40, very high end, very high yield dispersing around throughout the regions. Or typically, we we serve the corporate market well around the 100, 150 mark, and they would tend to go into Hobart or Launceston.
1: So, pre-COVID, uh, obviously until March 22 and to now, how many uh, business events in those two markets have we actually lost as a state?
0: So in Tasmania, we've seen um, about 25 conferences cancel outright, um, but we've seen about 55% of our market reschedule into the next two years. So that's quite high in comparison to the rest of the country, um, which has seen about 96% either cancel or postpone with the majority cancelling
1: Right, so my understanding is that particularly the conference sector that's traditionally September October is the kind of the peak season, isn't it? Is that right around then? Well, is...
0: in Tasmania, the peak season's actually May to August, so that's a real benefit of business events. We predominantly have the association marketplace coming to Tasmania, and that's when their AGMs and activity um, take place. The corporate market stretch a little bit further. We're seeing a lot of interest in February and March and September and October for the corporate market.
1: So, uh, good news. The glass are fools that a lot of these events are wanting to reschedule for next year or the following year, but the rest of this year, even, even the border restrictions being likely lifted, is that What's your expectations for the rest of 2020?
0: We would expect most of it to be cancelled outright or postponed. We've still got 17 conferences, about 5,000 people hanging in for November particularly and a little the start of December. But we're just waiting to see what happens around um, airline access borders and um, obviously mass gathering restrictions to see what happens with those.
1: So obviously, you mentioned a lot of those events that have been, um, I guess, postponed or rescheduled from 2020 to 2021. Um, plus, you obviously already have had some bookings on the on the books for next year anyway. So is it fair to say that the bounce out 2021-22 is looking pretty positive for business events sector in Tassie?
0: Yes, it's looking very strong at the moment. Um, So, with most of the business picking up and moving to the middle of next year um, or the start of the following year, we've seen quite high numbers maintained. Um, So, if consumer confidence comes back for travel, we expect to have a very strong year for business events.
1: And is that Hobart only or is that you see obviously Launceston as well, is that statewide that hope would be that you extend that or I imagine some of those rescheduling events might be looking at you know, new locations and, might, and Devonport might hit the mark?
0: The, the majority do come into Hobart and that's really about size and availability, but we've seen really strong growth in both Launceston and Devonport. So if air access goes back to Launceston, um you know, it, or there's easy air access into Launceston. We expect, um, still, a number of those. We have about four thousand um, directly bid on for Launceston for the year.
1: But I imagine, I imagine, there's one of the issues though, is that every destination, every convention centre, every large hotel, your competitors or Tasmania's competitors to to track these events is going to be pretty aggressive in the market. I, you know, selling the words, trying to go through, trying to build up their demand. How does Tassie compete?
0: So we've worked really hard, um, the BET team, to keep these contracts locked in and re-signed over the COVID period. Um, So we're very confident that that, um, these contracts are in place and locked in. It is becoming a very competitive marketplace. Um, So we are seeing a lot of activity, particularly from the large capital cities who have really large bid funds Mm. um, and are hit hard with the international markets not coming back online for some time. So, at, in Tassie, our opportunity really exists with um, our strong brand position and for those looking to conference away from major um, capital cities. But we've actually seen a real uplift just recently on corporate activity that would normally go offshore. So, they're Australian-based corporate organisations whose incentive trips go international and they're all looking at Tasmania and New Zealand as an alternative to rescheduling. So, we've got a a really great market position in that marketplace at the moment.
1: And that corporate incentivizing market, there'd be a lot of listeners, and I, I think I think as I say, people who are not familiar with the business events sector might immediately think of you know conventions, walking around the Hobart, and you know filling up the hotels, and as important as they are, but a lot of a lot of bespoke tour operators might might not have thought about how lucrative that incentivized market could be. Firstly, what are they looking for, and B, or what are you looking for in terms of coordinating those them into the sector, and secondly, if you are a Tour operator or an experienced operator has got something quite unique, potentially premium. How do you engage that market? What what should you be doing if you're listening in?
0: So the corporate market is perfect for a lot of the um, Tasmanian tourism operators. The corporate market, it's all about experience. It's all about uniqueness and it's all about wow. So they don't need large conferencing facilities. They typically look at hotels and experience. One of the things I always suggest to experience operators is the adaptation of what they have for the leisure market, but to think creatively about how that can accommodate a group setting. So, the largest we tend to focus on in these markets is around 100 to 150, but we also get a lot in the 50 mark. So, it's really about how we can um, cater to these markets of a group size Um, so just being a bit creative um, with your product offering and and contacting business events and talking to us about it and we can help um, navigate that quite often we've taken groups into the east coast and we've actually had three or four experience operators and we've actually rotated the groups into smaller groups across the experiences
1: so, and you, you mentioned you're the first, you're the port of call for that. So, if you're an operator listening in and think, yeah, I've got something that might suit this market, I've, I've been wondering how to break that, break into that space. Business Vents Taz, is, uh, you're happy to take those yep. calls and just reach out?
0: Yeah, absolutely. The team are really experienced in knowing what the clients want and what they're looking for and we're happy to share that and see how that can fit for um, any operators.
1: And obviously, so with the conferences and the, the conventions market and the associations market, um, obviously Hobart's got a lot of hotel rooms coming on stock and, and even Launceston to a degree, a couple of hotels that are in various stages of development. So that would be – it's important to reaffirm that 2021 is looking – positive, um, even on current numbers, and could potentially even get better?
0: Yeah, hopefully. So, no one really knows in these times what's going to come next. But, you know, if we can get air access and borders reopened, and we can see um, some confidence back in that marketplace, we've certainly got some strong numbers to work from. And with the new markets coming to to look at the destination at the moment. We've certainly got bidding opportunities that could add to that. And they're as early as February and March next year.
1: That's good. And they're going to be incredibly important. And you mentioned a few times access is just critical. Um, Obviously, that seems to be number one priority across the board for all sectors of the market. But is there anything else particularly that the business events sector really needs in terms of, uh, as I say, competing or, or holding our own and making sure we get as big a slice of the pie um, as we can in this sector? So. Any particular thing that the state needs to do particularly well or right?
0: With the corporate market, like we talked about before, it's really about getting that experience right. With the um, association marketplace, it's really about um, making sure we're competitive in the marketplace. We have the business event attraction fund that's supported by the state government and typically we use that for strategically placed business. So those that offer the state investment opportunities Whereas at the moment with COVID, um, we're, we're telling everyone to reach out to us and talk to us at least about utilising the Business Event Attraction Fund to support the bid for business events coming to Tasmania.
1: And that fund literally finances events to come down or is that is that where that money goes?
0: Yes, there's an assessment panel, and we assess the value to the state, and then and and put an appropriate fund towards attracting that into the state.
1: And if you're a, say the. The Association for Tourism Chief Executives of Australia or something, and you've got a huge audience and you've got every venue uh, chasing you in the country, um, that little bit of incentive might make all the difference because you're probably already predisposed to come to Tasmania if the access is already there. Um, It might just be that that small bit of financial incentive to cover your risk of coming down to Tassie as opposed to, you know, Broome or Gold Coast or wherever else that's going to be competing for your business.
0: Yeah, it certainly helps and it certainly helps us um, be competitive in the marketplace.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Marnie. Um, Well, I guess, I mean, the glass half full approach is that, yep, that's a challenging period for the sector. The rest of this year looks a bit bleak and going to be inevitably caught up in the challenges around our access and recovery. But from November, sounds things are still a few hanging on and we'll gladly welcome those events with open arms. And then 2021, um, hopefully a good bounce back. That's a fair summation.
0: We're happy to share information with operators out there looking at how they can get involved. We know um, we know our delegates, 25% of them bring additional family members um, in and they're looking for activities to do whilst they're here um, and then they disperse out into the regions beyond the conference. Um, so we're happy to share any insight and information we can to help operators get back on their feet
1: first put a call to reach out to you guys It'll be visiting your website i gather which is
0: it's better to give us a call and most of our information is um behind a member wall but you know given these circumstances just tell uh, we're happy for operators to reach out to us and any specific questions they may have
1: all right we'll put the contact details with the uh podcast money craig ceo of business events Tasmania. thank you for joining us on talking tourism um my name is luke martin uh this is one of three episodes we're launching today Uh, If you haven't already caught the others uh, with Matt Cocker from Hobart Airport and Simon Westaway from the Australian Tourism Industry Council. And, of course, if you uh, flick through wherever you get your podcasts from, um, you'll see uh, uh, literally dozens of episodes now we've produced Talking Tourism, um, all relevant and covering on different sectors like today's conversation. So thanks, Marnie, for joining us and thank you for tuning in.
0: You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.